Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast, episode 65, coming at you live. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. How are we doing this week, Matt? Doing good. Weather's turning up, uh, getting a little color on the face. Going to start burning up soon, probably when the spring starts. Yeah, I can't wait for the spring, man. I'm so excited. Yeah, you're excited for all the golfing and that to start. All the courses open up. and Yeah. Fall work, we'll be back to... Um, like I, I start work probably early May, middle, middle of May. Uh, the place that I work was actually acquired by the place next to the place I work. So we'll see if things change a lot, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited for school to kind of wind down. Uh, the first like five weeks are usually easy, but for me this semester, it's been the opposite. It's been hard. And now I'm, I'm starting to see a little bit of a break in the onslaught of work, so I'm kind of just trying to get outside and do what I like to do to make myself happy. And it was a better week this week. It was nice. And I got to kind of sit down and watch um, a lot of sports and just enjoy myself. I had a drink the other night for the first time in forever. So How did that feel? It, it fucked me up. I had I had two ciders, oh, dude. And, oh, I, I had two. No, a Jack and Coke would put me on my ass. Yeah, I uh, I had two Strongbows, two ciders. I like I like hard cider, and it was for I guess it was for Valentine's Day. So it wasn't. No, this was like eleven days ago. But um, yeah, it put me on my ass, dude. Morgan was like, "Are you drunk?" I was like, "Ah, uh, I'm not drunk, but I'm definitely feeling it." You know. My tolerance is not what it once was. Um, after taking after taking a break, like it fucking tense. You you're probably never gonna be able to get back. Oh, not not back to the way I was when I was a big boy. I used to be able wow. to drink a bottle and be okay. Yeah, it's you're completely past that point. I, I've accepted it fully. Like I'm starting to like when I'm out, I realize I check myself at the door. I'm like, you can only do so much. Yeah. Before things get out of hand, and you, you like have things in the real world, there might be repercussions. <laughs> yeah. And you could be fucked for the rest of your life. You don't want to set yourself back. So, like, you, you check your ego at the door before you start going out like that. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, it's rare. I, I don't, I don't even, I can't even tell you the last time I was at a bar drinking. Um, my, my girlfriend stopped at a liquor store. She's like, Do you want anything for tonight? And I said, Yeah, get me. Give me a six pack of ciders and we'll see how many I can drink before I, I cut myself off. And after two, I was like, mm, yeah, you're good. Just chill. Yeah. At least you save yourself a lot of money. Yeah, that's the truth, man. I, I, I end up losing it doing other things, but um, that's yeah, you always find a way. That's true. Yeah, of course. We all have our vices, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I don't even remember what else I was going to say. There was something else I wanted to mention. Oh, I got a trial set of, of clubs in, uh, new irons. So, testing them out. The new TaylorMade Sim 2s, they're nice. They're really nice. So, hmm. might have to might have to splurge a little bit. We'll see. Um, I don't know when I'm going to get a new set. Well, if, if I get a new set, you can have my fucking M2s and just take them. Because I... I I checked the trade in value, dude. It's like 150 bucks. It's just not. That's oh, really? not. It's not even enough to warrant. Yeah, I'd rather give them to somebody, or you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's gonna use them. Um, 
going to have to try them out next time we go out and see yeah. how they feel. Yeah, for sure. Well, they're going to feel better than the things you have because they're just <laughs> so old. There's no pop in them. Yeah, they're fucking so stiff, bro. It's like using a steel rod. Yeah. Um, okay, we will get into the games. This is there's a lot to unpack here. We're gonna go a little lighter on the uh, on the fucking recap because there's a couple really shitty games, and there's like it's like a double week plus um, makeup matches that we have to go over. So we'll get we'll get right into it. Oh, the other thing was I shaved my beard, guys. So if you're watching on YouTube, um, that's why it looks like a different person is here. I got rid of the beard and. Now my face is all slim. Um, okay. First match, Wolves leads. Wolves managed to pull this one off 1-0. This was not the way that I saw this game going, but ultimately, um, Meslier fucking up in net, scoring an own goal, was the difference. Uh, this was a boring game. Yeah, Leeds were missing uh, their crucial guy in the middle, Calvin Phillips. I think this was the first match he was out for. Uh, he also missed the one we're, we'll talk on later, but he was out, and they gave Tyler Roberts the start. They've been playing him as like a cam or like a shadow striker right behind Bamford, mm-hmm. but he's pretty young, and he sometimes doesn't really affect the games, and I've seen multiple times in this game and in the following matchup when they played Southampton, he he would get fed dimes by Rafinha or Click. And he'd absolutely sky it over the bar. Yeah. And it just shows his experience. So, yeah. And also they played Stuart Dallas in a more defensive role, filling up uh, filling up the left-back role since Elioski's been falling out of favor. But I think Wolves really needed this game to get some confidence. And I think this is the first time in at least a year that Traore's done something to contribute to a goal. Yeah. So that's nice to see for him. Yeah, a lot of shots, a lot of shots on target. Um, but ultimately it just felt like kind of a, a terrible, terrible match in front of the net. I, I hate just watching people blow it wide all the fucking time. Wide and over and on these yeah. on these easy sitters. It's just frustrating to watch. And ultimately, you know, I, I see that two or three times and I'm like, fuck dude, this game is boring. If if these were goals, like the match would just be so much better. Mm-hmm. Um Leeds kind of like really slipping up here. Their their fast pace attack is is not really producing as much as it was before. Yeah, I think their thing is if they get an early goal, the confidence just grows on everybody and it shows in their play. So I think them not being able to convert a lot of chances just brings down their mood and the style and it kind of shows, and Wolves gain confidence on the other hand of it, thinking, all right, we're holding a very, very attacking team right. to no goals, so let's capitalize on their poor defensive record, and they did. Yeah. That Wolves team is horrible, too. I think Leeds yeah. are much, much better. Without Jimenez, they are just they are just so dull. Yeah. Uh, okay, moving on. Southampton won. Match Chelsea won. Takumi Minamino scored in the 33rd minute. Liverpool Loney. Uh, Mason Mount got one back in the 54th on a penalty and the game went scoreless from there on. Uh, Chelsea absolutely dominated this game. Even in the first half, they dominated. Uh, that Minamino goal was, was the only shot on target. So the fact that Southampton had 29% possession coupled with the fact that they only had one shot on target the entire game really does tell the story. Um, but that Chelsea defense is starting to look 
questionable sometimes, I'd say, as opposed to earlier this season. Yeah, the good thing about Tuchel's system is we dominate possession, so mm-hmm. there's not as many opportunities for our defense to be exposed. Um, Tiago Silva being out's a big loss. Yeah, but that's big, true. I, I think with Rudiger now getting, or but even before I say that, you now now that he's been in, Tuchel's been in charge for about seven or eight matches, we see who his guys are. Rudiger's one who was not in Lampard's. Uh, Marcus Alonso biggest guy that's in there now that wasn't in before yep. he's been taking that role over uh for Chilwell, which it doesn't make sense to me because you spend 50 60 odd million for a guy and now he just rides the pine and he it was make... great he was really good earlier this season i just think the system change mm-hmm. fits alonzo better and i can agree to that but i think Chilwell needs to get rotated in there and then on the other side with Hudson Adoy, he's been playing that right wing back role uh, with his raw pace and attack mindedness. Whereas Reese James comes in with like 20, 30 minutes uh, at the end to close the game out once we get a lead. And he kind of does the same thing with Conte in the middle. He prefers Jorginho and Kovacic uh, with their pairing rather than Angolo in there. And Angolo is like a closer too. So we see who his guys are. And more recently, we got Giroud up there now. He's been getting the, uh, a few starts over Abraham, especially after that Champions League goal the other day. Mm. Uh, nice bicycle kick. Mm. Man still has it. He moves yeah. like a fucking snail, but his positioning is just... It's the, it's the best. There are very few strikers who have positioning like him. Cavani is another one that comes to mind. Um, yeah. But holy fuck, dude. He has evolved into this prolific scorer late on in his career it's so impressive i i hope that he winds up if he doesn't get extended by chelsea that he winds up somewhere um where he can contribute because he still has a lot to offer i think yeah i think he'll be like ebril play for another two to three seasons mm-hmm. be like the fine wine thing but the last thing i wanted to touch on is like uh pulisic isn't getting minutes he's decided he's, he likes mount and Werner, which i can't oppose because Mount's been playing every single minute this season under Lampard and now Tuchel, so yeah, it's not the manager's choice. It's he's actually very, very good, and anybody in charge sees that. So it's going to be interesting to see how Pulisic uh, takes his opportunities and if he could capitalize on him to break into that starting lineup. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to also briefly touch on the Callum Hudson Odoi thing. Oh yeah, for some reason uh, Tuchel doesn't like him. Like he in the post match, he said that he didn't like his energy. He thought he looked slovenly on the pitch. I don't think that at all. I, I didn't think that. I watched this game. I didn't. That never came to mind. I don't know why he doesn't like him. I don't know what the deal is there. Um, and I, I looked on Chelsea Twitter, and it seems like a lot of people are echoing that sentiment. It's very strange to me that he picked a young budding player to slate like that. Um, unless that's really how he felt. But I didn't necessarily see anything in that game that pointed towards uh, CHO being the the reason that they conceded that first goal or anything like that. So I don't know. It's it's whatever he sees. You don't know what he's seeing and how he's reacting to things. But I mean, he did follow it up in the next match, giving him the start. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was going to leave him out of the team and put Reese James back in there. But yeah, it was just. Yeah. I just found it strange. That's all. 
Um, he, yeah. he came from kind of hard in post match, and it was just it was a weird thing. But I think he was just setting the tone as to maybe, yeah. any future problems with him or maybe other players. Like when I call your name to get on the field, like you need to be ready, and like when I tell you what we need, you need to perform and give me that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, oh no, I guess a decent result, right? I, I'm not, I guess not really, actually, because Southampton are absolutely sliding still. It was better for Southampton because they were on a six-game losing, losing streak. Yeah. And, I mean, a draw in that streak is a victory, you could say, but Chelsea's still unbeaten, and they're still climbing in the table, but I think those two points would have... I mean, if we got all three points, we'd be in fourth right now above West Ham and goal differential, but yeah. I don't see us getting first. So, I mean, we're, we're in good form to finish in second right now. Yeah. Okay, next match, Burnley, West Brom. Not going to talk too much about this game. It was a nil-nil affair. Red card came in the 30th minute uh, on a semi-Ajay tackle. What a putrid game. (laughs) I mean, I knew this would be a bad game. I knew it would be a nil-nil or a 1-1. So I said draw. This was probably my sharpest pick of the week. And Um, it's on Burnley. And it was Burnley. So, Burnley, thank you. You are no longer cursed. I feel like I can trust you again. Um, but yeah, I, I actually don't have a lot to say here. Um, just very flat. These are two flat teams, so it doesn't surprise me. Uh, I'll say two things, one for each. Burnley uh, playing a man up yeah. uh, from the 30 minth on. They, I tweeted about it. I said they clearly have never been in a position where they have an extra guy on the field and they <laughs> don't know what to do. It's yeah. just like they just they know only know to hunker down and counter. and set pieces and to West Brom's credit uh, this is their first clean sheet they got in 15 Prem games since their 1-0 win at Sheffield in November so uh, uh, what do you think for Maitland Isles since he's an Arsenal guy what do you think his situation is there why do you think he wanted to go to West Brom do you think he wanted to play consistent game time or like what I think that's in a, it. a West Brom system. I, I think that's it. I think he is just a young guy, and he was tired of not really getting any looks at Arsenal. Although he did get some looks earlier on this season, um, when we were experiencing some injury things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be some printing here, so I'm just going to mute my camera quickly. Um, he's I'm, turning 24 in August, so he's yeah, so kind of getting into that prime range. He, he's aging here. Um, I think really what he wants is just first-team football. I don't think that there's there's much else to it. Um, I think that he would have been better off going to another league. I'm sorry for hearing the printing stuff. I, I can't help it. Um, I think he would be better off going to another league, France, Spain, something like that. Um, because West Brom, you may be getting playing time, but you're not going to gain any experience from just getting absolutely fucking destroyed by by any other team. I think there were other clubs that were interested in him, though. I think Newcastle and Southampton. I think Newcastle and Southampton were trying to get him to get on loan the rest of the season, but he chose West Brom. So maybe he saw the depth chart and believed he'd be first name on the team sheet every time, whereas in Southampton and Newcastle's case, maybe not. He may have thought that. I I have no idea. Um. I think he's made a poor choice to go there, though, because yeah. West Brom suck ass. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this was the game of the week, right? Everton 2, Liverpool 0. 
22 uh, year drought yeah finally over. i mean this was an absolutely crazy one especially to win at anfield um richarlison scored in the third minute liverpool never looked the same after that and uh Sergensen added another in the 83rd on a very, very strange call um, that probably should have resulted in a red. But um, alas, nothing came of it besides the goal. And Liverpool continue their horrific form. I mean, it's over for Liverpool. And I just said this to Matt. Um, unfortunately, th- there was news today that Allison lost his, his father um in a horrible accident he he drowned in a river back in brazil so uh thoughts and prayers to to allison and his family that's really just just terrible i mean that's a terrible way to lose someone and then on top of that not being able to travel back to your your own father's funeral um just terrible terrible stuff so i don't see liverpool getting uh better anytime soon especially with, with issues like that for him and for Klopp. Yeah, that was their fourth straight loss on the league, and they also picked up um, another injury to Jordan Henderson now, groin injury. He might be out for at least a week or two. So. Oh, it's longer than that. They said three oh, months. Is it? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was like a hip flexor or something. Mm-hmm. Damn. So they're going to have to go with Quebec and um, Phillips, Probably to start. We'll have Davies a backup, and I think Fabinho should be coming back soon, so they'll have him back there. Kabak is lost. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. It's tough, man. He's twenty years old. I know old. it's unfortunate. They just got him. They got him from Shelka, and Shelka's not like the Shelka from five years ago. Shelka's like a relegation zone team in the Bundesliga, so he's just never been in a good system or never been in a good position uh, where he can where he can thrive. And now with without a central partner that has experience and knows the system like a van dyke to guide him yeah like you said he looks lost out there yeah it's it's unfortunate i feel i my heart really goes out to come back because i mean what what are you supposed to do like you get transferred to this huge club massive club one of the best in the world as of right now um and you're literally slotted in there playing with somebody that doesn't even play center back. Like, what? what is Jordan Henderson going to do? He's going to say, here, here's the tape from earlier on in the season when Van Dyke was playing. Watch this. That's it. That's all I can do. <clears throat> and I know yeah. Van, uh, Henderson is a leader. He's, he's club captain, isn't he? Yep. So, uh, of, of course, you have a little bit of direction, but that's not his native position. And he's really not built to be a center back. So it's just kind of, it's kind of really shitty um, for Quebec and for all of Liverpool. I, I, you know, I'm not a Liverpool fan. I don't like them very much. Um, I don't necessarily think the Fairweather fans they have are very <clears throat> palatable either. But um, it kind of sucks to watch them go out like this. Like they're kind of going out like bitches. Yeah, they're going to have to limp to the finish line. But, I mean, I got to give credit to Everton because defensively they put in a great performance. Yeah. Every time a ball was whipped in, they cleared it, didn't let it bounce. Uh, I thought Mane had a terrible game. Every he time did. he got the ball, he just ran straight into a defender and just couldn't get his feet under him. Salah had some chances. Uh, one ch- chance, uh, I think, in the second half from Firmino, he should have put it away. 
it was a tight angle. But other than that, Everton won this game in the first five minutes off that Richarlson takeaway. So it was interesting to see. And I mean, they they kind of have their injury problems too with yeah, they do kind of coming back and. Thomas, he's never had fitness to play a full 90 minutes. He's always coming out like 60 minutes in the game. So, And then they're they're having like goalkeeper uh, competition now with Pickford. And Olsen just got done a big run now that Pickford's back. So they're having goalkeeper competition in there to s- decide who's our number one. So, yeah, I, I mean, I said last week, Everton's dead to me and they still are. Yeah. I just think a rivalry game gets the best out of people and... A year like 2021, COVID and all that, I think that was the time for them to win when nobody's there. Makes yeah, it's, a, it's an asterisk, right? I, I, I totally agree with you. So, yeah, I think we can move on from that. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right in saying that we need to make you know make sure that we know Everton did have a great defensive performance. Pickford had a couple really good saves. Yeah. Um, But I think Everton leave a ton of goals on the table. A ton. They, they leave a ton of chances just out there, and a lot of the time, just stuff doesn't fall for them because it, I don't know. Uh, it's very strange. I have a hard time betting on Everton these days. Very hard. I'll ask you a question before we move on to the next game. Liverpool and Everton are tied sixth and seventh, tied on points. Liverpool has a better goal differential. Who do you think is going to finish higher in the table this year? That's a really good question. You have to say Liverpool because you would think that they have to have European, they have to have Champions League football, right? That's that's why that's the answer. The must. Yeah, I mean, no one's gonna want to go to the club, and people will leave the club if they don't. So True. I'm gonna say Liverpool. I think that the owners, I think the owners will get rid of Klopp if that means making the team, you know, better and and in better shape to um, contend in in the Champions League. Wijnaldum's already going to go to Barca, so he's already ready to go. Yeah. They, I don't know, man. Shit is not looking promising for Liverpool, I'll be honest with you. It is not. Their fullbacks are frauds. Uh, they have injury issues. I'm telling you right now, Van Dyke's not going to be the same when he comes back. Um, And, I mean, this Allison's dad dying could literally just send him into a fucking tailspin. Not that he already hasn't been in a tailspin. So, we'll see. I mean... Doesn't matter when Liverpool plays Arsenal, they'll they'll beat them fucking six nil. Liverpool will beat us six nil. I think that's in like three weeks. Yeah, I know. Arsenal will lose to them. They always do. Um. Okay, moving on. Fulham one, Sheffield United nil. I think I picked this one right too. Adam Ola Lookman scored in the sixty first to cement a difference between the two teams. Now, Fulham looked pretty solid here. They seem yeah. to be kind of getting things together. Um, credit to Scott Parker, as always. I think Scott Parker is the unofficial official manager of the Post Twenty Podcast. Um, he's he's done a really really nice job the past couple weeks, uh, winning last week against Everton and then this week against Sheffield. Um, it's it's great to see a team get two on the bounce, one against a team that's way out of their league, and then one against the team that they should be beating. It's nice to see. Oftentimes you see a team beat a really good team and then lose to a shit team. Um, that that six-point run that they've just gotten um, is going to do a lot for them, I think, when it comes to the end of the season and we're looking to see who's at the drop zone. Um, Lookman, really sharp, and 
I think really just all over the pitch they were they were sharp. Ruben Loftus-Cheek and uh, Cavalero and Maja also put in a solid shift. So I'm curious to see what what you have to say about this. No, I totally agree with your side on Fulham. They they played how they usually do. They dominate possession. They control the tempo of the game, and Sheffield let it happen. Um, they've had like one or two guys having injury issues. I think they picked up another injury in this game in their back back line. So should be interesting moving forward. But structurally, they are good. Creatively, they are not. They rely heavily on set pieces and early crosses into their forwards. There were a handful of opportunities for McBurney and Sharp to put away. I know there was one, I think, the right wing back whipped one in and both of them went for it and it just skewed over the bar. But the, the, if they can't score on those one or two golden opportunities, then they're completely out of the game. But yeah, giving full credit to Fulham, I thought Angisa at a holding mid role has been playing really well. Yeah. Uh, he's very solid in there. He kind of reminds me of Musa Suzoko back when he played for Newcastle before he became overrated at Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, always what happens. Uh, yeah, he's he's very solid in there. But yeah, I think Fulham right now, they're only three points outside of uh, getting out of the relegation zone, hopping Newcastle. Uh, I mean, if they get out of this, I would name Scott Parker manager of the season for me, if not right behind Pep. Um, he, yeah. Scott Parker is the manager of this podcast. Yeah. I back him all day. Me too. And I really hope they can get out of this. Scott Parker's my dad. <laughs> okay. I think he could basically be our brother. He's not that old. No, he's young. He's young. I think that's that's part of why I really um I really vibe with him. I and I think like it's kind of cool to be a not a fan, but like support a young guy coming in. I'm tired of like looking at all the fucking old heads. You know what I mean? He's 40. Like Mourinho. Like Mourinho's managed fucking 12 Prem clubs at this point. It's horrible. And he sucks. He always ends up sucking at the end. So, um, we're moving on to talk about fucking Mourinho and his fraudulence. West Ham 2, Tottenham 1. Now, this one caught me by surprise. I thought Tottenham would bounce back and get one here. But I thought so, too. They did not. Miguel Antonio scored in the fifth. Lucas Mora uh, tried to get a consolation goal for Tottenham, um, but but ultimately the second goal scored by none other than Lingardino. Jesse Lingard um, managed to keep West Ham above. Uh, that 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 goal by Mora at the end wasn't enough. It was a great header though. You you can't do yeah. that if you have hair. Only a bald man can score that. He absolutely whipped it in. Assist by Gareth Bale. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham had a lot of shots. 20 shots, only four shots on target. Another case of wasting possession and wasting shots. They had 70% possession, so they dominated. Um, really, I think Spurs probably should have gotten a draw out of this. It's it's very unfortunate for them to have lost here, but just outcoached by David Moyes. <laughs> I, I don't know how else to say it. This was uh, David Moyes' first win against Mourinho in Ever. 16 attempts. Yeah, I mean, what a masterclass. Going back, going back to his Everton United days. But yeah, this West Ham, in my opinion, is a better version of Everton. Yeah. Uh, point, I guess, w- with David Moyes being involved. That's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's exactly he's what he's doing. creating the new version of Everton back in the day, like the late 2000s, early 2010s. And um, yeah, Jay Linz has been a great signing from January. 
Uh, the celebration was cool. They got a little band in the corner there. And then, um, I mean, they're not relying on one guy to, to hold the team up. They're getting goals all around the field. And it's nice to see that. And yeah, I would. I mean, Harry Kane and Son not getting on the score sheet here is surprising too. I you would it. think you would think at least one of them would put one away. But and the, and the last thing I'll say is uh, for Mourinho, we've been shitting on him. I'll say one more thing to shit on him here, even though I respect him for his Chelsea days and everything. But this after fifty Prem games uh, managing a club in a season, this is the worst start he's ever had. Yep. of all time, only getting 81 points in his first 50 games. Uh, the next closest being his time at United when he got 95 and 50. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a sign showing that his tactics are outdated or he doesn't have the the men he wants to fill in those those roles. We mentioned that last week with, is it his tactics or is it the players? So, I mean, this game shows that West Ham's for real. And they're honestly going to push in for this top four to, at the end of the year. I know their odds right now is like plus eleven hundred right. to finish top four. I think that's a good bet to take. Yeah, uh, especially with Leicester, depending on how their injuries go, and if Chelsea can keep up this form, uh, should be interesting to see the last couple weeks. I don't think. I think it may be something else than the two options that you presented i mm-hmm. I, I don't necessarily know if it's that he doesn't have the players he wants i don't think the players have the manager they want i think he just has i just think he lost them i think um when it, when just a couple months ago they started to experience this like downturn in form that he lost them and i you know how jose behaves when that happens when when um he starts to not only lose games but lose the dressing room and he starts to become like a complete dickhead and if you watch any of the press conferences especially the most recent one he blamed it on everybody but himself he said he still doesn't think there's any manager in the world that's better than him which is just absolutely ridiculous i mean city haven't lost in fucking 15 games uh, there's better managers than you jose i mean i hate to tell you um he blamed the club, he blamed the players, he blamed the people in charge of the club, but he didn't blame Jose. Um, and I think that that spells disaster for Spurs moving forward, uh, which is fine. I don't give a fuck. Fuck Spurs. Um, but So you think he'll get sacked at the end of the year? Yeah, and I think Kane will be gone. Kane will be gone from, from Spurs. Oh. 100%. What? Oh, there's tons of talk about it. Where would he go? Uh, there's talk about him leaving the, the uh, leaving the country, leaving England. There's talk about him that going. Shot. I I guarantee you that he leaves. He, he's going to be a Spurs for the rest of his life. Not a chance. I don't think so. Hmm. Tons of pundits are talking about it. If he goes, then they're going to try everything they can to get Holland or somebody. I don't think they have the money for that. I think he'll be. I think for Harry Kane. Harry Kane's at least a hundred mil. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think. Do you think Spurs are going to if they if they move Harry Kane? You think they're going to splash on Halan? I don't see that happening. They need somebody to replace him. That yeah, caliber. But, yeah, but dude, I, City are going to be willing to pay fucking three hundred for Halan. It doesn't matter. I mean, you think you think Giroud would go there to to Spurs? To Spurs? No, I think he. I think he's more loyal than that. Even though he went to Chelsea. I think the Arsenal Chelsea rivalry is different than the Arsenal yeah, Spurs. Yeah, it's not right? the same. No. That's true. I have a whole lot more respect for 
uh, Chelsea as a club and as like a um, organization than I do for Tottenham. I absolutely yeah. hate Tottenham. I think they're complete scums. Yeah, that should be interesting uh, later towards the end of the season to see this Harry Kane talk. That'd be that's really interesting that's, to me. This fucking summertime pods are going to be interesting. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Oh, the Euro. Yeah, we got Euros this summer. Oh, yes, dude. That will be sick. Okay, moving on. Aston Villa 1, Leicester City 2. Leicester escape with three points after James Madison and Harvey Barnes lead the Foxes to a strong win. Um, Madison and Barnes scored within four minutes of each other. Madison in the 19th and Barnes in the 23rd. Uh, Bertrand Traore scored a consolation goal at the start of the second half in the 48th. Um, but Leicester were a far better team here. Possession was spread evenly, but Leicester had seven shots on target versus Villa's two. I'm having a really hard time um, betting on on Villa these days, and I think I picked Leicester here, didn't I? Uh, I believe you did. You took Leicester in this, but I think a huge uh, factor that we didn't Is know at, when Grealish. we recorded that was yeah, Jack Grealish was yeah. out for this sh- game. Shin injury, I think. And I think he'll be out for the next two to three weeks. Yeah, that's as huge. Well. It's huge blow. So, as well as Maddie Cash, they're starting right back. So they're going to have a lot of rotation in their squad. Um, it's not going to be the same. Grealish not being in there leaves Ollie Watkins isolated up top. Yep. Uh, El Ghazi and Bertrand aren't the same guys that Grealish is attacking wise. Grealish gains at least like two guys' attention, whereas these other guys, uh, the defenders feel comfortable isolating them one on one. So Astonville is going to have a really tough. Uh, next couple of fixtures, I would say. And Ollie Watkins is not going to get the same service. So his value is going to go down a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I, you still got to give credit to Leicester because you still got to beat the team in front of you. Yeah. They still had a solid defense. And um, only thing, and Madison and Barnes also scoring, already getting an assist. They're looking very good. Uh, bad news for them is Madison picked up an injury and he was out for their. Europa League game tonight, and there's questions of it as if um, if he's going to be available this weekend for when they play Arsenal. I'm yeah. sure you want you'll want him out, but I will. I think Madison was linked in the last summer to a move to Arsenal, but that never went through. That would have been huge instead of loaning Odegaard. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, moving on, Arsenal nil, City one. I thought this game. Could have gone a lot worse. Um, although I will say this doesn't necessarily tell the whole story because as no. soon as as soon as City scored in the second, I mean they just they took their foot off the gas. They they stepped back, played a controlled game, kind of did that thing where they like like there's a small child and there's an adult and the adult just like puts their hand out on the child's head and just lets them swing wildly. Um that's that's kind of what happened. I mean, that's that's what I figured would happen too. Um, but at least it's not absolutely decimating our goal differential. You know, as, as I have to take positives um, out that's of true. every Arsenal performance, and that was my my um, silver lining here. I've watched City beat better teams than Arsenal this year, a lot worse than that. So I think um, I, I do think Pep actually really respects. Uh, Mikel, for some reason, that is beyond me. Um, 
but this could have been a far bloodier game, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, with the lineup you guys put out, I thought it was going to be a bloodbath. Me too, dude. What a fucking he, poverty lineup. El Nenny getting the start, and you got Holding and Mari back there in the central roles. Just yeah. very questionable. And then he's been getting given Odegaard a lot of time, man. He's been really pushing him. I mean, yeah, he loaned him in just for this window, but he's been getting heavy minutes. Yeah, I, I think like the world is kind of curious about how Odegaard is as a player because he was he was lauded so so highly as this amazing young talent and then he went to Madrid and did absolutely nothing. Or was he at Sociedad? No, he's a Madrid player, isn't he? He got he got traded to Madrid when he was sixteen, yeah, and then kept getting loaned out. But his most recent loan was yeah to Sociedad. Yeah, so, um, and I'm curious. I'm really curious to see if he has the the quality to be a great number ten. Um, so far he hasn't shown that, but I think he does have. He has a place in this team. I think it's probably more of a backup role. Um, but I, don't I guess think you have anybody that can play that position though, like. I don't see Lacazette or Saka or Bamiang or Pepe. None of those guys can play that central attack and mid role. Saka could probably do it. He can do anything. I he's more of like a winger. He's like yeah. I don't see him in there bossing the the tempo of the game like centrally. I like he does so well on the wings taking yeah. full. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to move him in there. I just think he's one right. of those guys that could, would you know if you tell him that he has to play there, he'll probably play there and give you a, a shift at least. Um, yeah. But you're right. Odegaard is certainly the. He's the only center attacking, true center attacking mid we have. Um, and back when Arsenal used to play with a center attacking mid, uh, rest in peace, Mesut Ozil, I miss you. He, uh, th- that worked well for us, really well. Yeah. And, you know, if you look back to the days of old when we had a center forward, Cam, Dennis Bergkamp, I mean, these are periods where Arsenal was dominant. So it's, it's not proven to be super effective yet but we'll have to see i'm i'm uh optimistic about odegaard i think he has he has talent talent and quality right um not really much to say about city i mean they just continue their role they are so methodical and just murderous i mean when you when you make one wrong step holding holding lost his man holding six two raz is five six and he let him score they're just so, so. I don't even know what the word is. They're just the margin of error is so narrow when you're playing City compared to any other team in this league. They are going to score if you give them a chance, it, and yeah. and if you don't give them a chance, they will make a chance and they will score. I have it has been a long time since I have seen a team leak so many goals and score at ease like this. Yeah, I mean, I don't see any faults in their system. I don't either. It's perfect. It's it's just do you, do, perfect. Would you, do you see them win the Champions League? Yeah. <laughs> Over Bayern? I think it's going to be them and Bayern. I, I do too, and I think it'll be close, but I actually think City will win. Because I think Pep knows, Pep, Pep knows most about how they play. You know what I mean? I don't know, man. It's gonna be close. If if I would, I would hope that would be the final. I hope they don't draw each other in like a quarter or semi. Who who do you think has more quality in terms of players? I mean, I can't say anything about Bayern if I'm if I'm to be honest because I don't see any of their games. The only time I watch them is in like the Champions League or that. So I know more about City and their system and the depth they have now that De Bruyne is back. 
we didn't even mention he that was his first start since coming back from injury. They're they're just absolutely loaded, and I I, I give credit to Bayern too. Their system's incredible. Yeah, with Lewandowski up top, that's the one thing I I would say Bayern have over City is a true number nine, whereas City don't. And maybe that's the difference when it comes down to it. But right now, if I if I have to give you a true opinion, I'd say City have the better better squad. Gun to my head, it's City. Like it's just I I have watched quite a few Bundesliga games because it's on like it gets aired on Fox, I think. So I see it on the weekend sometimes. Um, and I think Bayern, I would give Bayern the edge in player quality. However, the form that City are in just gives you so much of a boost. I mean, they're such a cohesive unit. And barring injury to their center backs, I think, like, I I just think they're impregnable. They are so good. It's like a fortress. You're playing against one of the best teams I've ever seen in the Prem. I haven't seen a 15-game win streak in a long time. So, yeah, we'll see. This was this this game. Arsenal got got lucky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll quickly wrap up these next three. Uh, Man United three, Newcastle one. Rashford scored first in the thirtieth. Saint Maximin equalized in the thirty sixth. The uh, third and fourth goals didn't come until the second half when Daniel James added one in the fifty seventh, and Bruno added his signature penalty. Um, this was domination, I'd say, by by uh, United, especially in terms of possession. Newcastle had a couple uh, concrete chances, but only managed to get that one to fall. They just—it's the same old story every week for Newcastle. They lack so much um, in terms of pace and creativity. You rely on an Almiron and say Maxman when he's healthy. So it's—it uh, doesn't surprise me. It really doesn't. I was glad to see St. Maximin score again. That guy deserves it. He's yeah. an absolute baller. And Steve Bruce is in a pickle right now because he's without Callum Wilson to partner him up top. So he's really just trying to put things together that don't make sense with trying to put Joe Lington in there one week and then Frazier or going a solo striker. Like he can't find a system that works and he's not building consistency with the team. And I honestly see them getting relegated because Wilson doesn't come back until April. Yeah. And I think by that point, Fulham's going to be way above them. So it's hard to see. But on, on the United side, the, uh, their last 19 games in the Prem, they've only lost once. So their form is great. They're not winning games huge. This is an exception. Like I said a couple weeks ago, they just know how to scrape games out. That's just in the United DNA. And it also helps when you have Bruno Fernandez contributing to a goal almost every game. Yeah, you can count on him for that. So I mean, I mean, right now Bruno Fernandez is probably my player of the season. Just how much he helps this team. I know, I know, my my mid season prediction was Harry Kane, but as of recently, Bruno Fernandez just he's so consistent, and he just gets that edge over the him. Yeah. Uh, okay, last one. That's part of the actual game week. Brighton one, Crystal Palace two. This was a barn burner. Didn't get decided until the 95th minute. I thought that this would be a tie. Ultimately, Christian Benteke was the difference. Christian Benteke, I can't believe that he's still playing. He has quite a few goals this season. 
Yeah, I think he's sitting on. I think he's sitting on four or something right now. Dude, it is insane that Crystal Palace managed to win this. Brighton had twenty five shots, seventy five percent possession. They were in the driver's seat the entire game. It is an absolute fucking shame that they managed to let Crystal Palace slip by. Yeah, I just yeah, I just can't believe they. Because I, I I was gassing Brighton up so much. I know, dude. You sucked them. They finally gave up a clean sheet. And to all teams, Crystal Palace that have nothing to play for. Insane. And they dominated possession. Like, the game plan was, went to, went, the game plan went, like, well for them. Like, controlling possession, getting all the chances, and holding them, or limiting them to only two or three. But they just, when those clear chances came, Palace capitalized on it. You got to give them credit. But, um, I mean, that puts Brighton in a bad spot. They're only four points below, uh, above the drop. And losing now is not a good time, especially with Fulham in great form and Burnley getting a draw again. So it'll be interesting to see how Brighton reacts in their next matchup. But I think they should really be ashamed of themselves losing to Roy Hodgson. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Roy Hodgson, what a bastard. Okay. Uh, match day 18 of 38. This is a makeup game. Went down on the 23rd. Leeds 3, Southampton nil. So not this past week, but the week before, um, there was a, uh, a fixture, same one. And that one ended nil-nil, didn't it? What was that? Le- the other Leeds Southampton. Oh, you're thinking of Wolves Southampton. Oh, that was Wolves Southampton. Sorry. So never mind. Uh, for just entirely forget what I was saying. Um, it was it was that boring, I guess, that first one I watched. Um, Leeds returned to their goal-scoring uh, roots here. They had three goals. Bamford, Dallas, and Rafinha all scored in the second half to lift Leeds um, above Southampton and return Southampton to the gutters. Uh, I'm going to go take a leak. You continue. All right, great transition. <laughs> um, yeah, this is a typical... Maybe not typical. This is when you're picking a Leeds game. You get your... Oh, I can't talk. This is exactly what you see when you think of a Leeds game. You think they're going to clean the other team's clock, 3-0. And it did. You had goals from your typical guys. Patrick Bamford, uh, my most improved player for the season. Or actually my my biggest breakout player. Uh, He adds on to his tally. I think he now has 13... 13 goals now, if I'm correct. Let me double check that. Yeah, he sits on 13 goals in the Prem, which is a great stat, especially for a guy on a team, a newly promoted team. Absolutely insane. They're sitting 10th in the table right now, and everybody forgets at this point that they're a newly promoted team, and they're they're honestly pushing to be a great mid-table team pushing for that Europa League spot. It's just they really got to get in check their defense because, yeah, you score 43 goals, which is one of the best records in the league, but they give up 43 goals, which is tied for the second most. So there's you got a lot of pros with this Leeds team attacking-wise, but on the bad side is you don't have a well-built defense. and. I think that comes with experience. Liam Cooper, their captain, is a great starting point. He has a lot of great great leadership roles. And if the other guys can keep their fitness, or if in this summer 
Leeds can do some business and bring in some big signings. I think I said that towards the beginning of the season. They really got to get their defense in check. Attacking-wise, they have a lot of great guys going forward with Jack Harrison. I think they have him on loan from City. Uh, Bamford's their guy. Rafinha was a great signing they made from Rennes in Ligue 1. He's turning out in the last six to seven weeks to be a great signing on the wing. Great Brazilian winger. And then we mentioned Roberts earlier. He's a guy that got to play more and more to get experience. Obviously, he's skying a lot of chances, but getting these minutes now is really important for his development. So great result for Leeds on Southampton's end. They go back to their losing ways after picking up a great result against the Chelsea team. Right back into the L column. Uh, I don't know what their what um, Hasselhoofen's solution is going to be because, I mean, if things carry on, they may be in a relegation battle. So I don't know what you have to say about it, Evan. About Southampton and their form and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what my instant reaction is. I mean, when they're when they're rolling, you got to go with the tide. And I'm going to say up front, yeah, I think City's going to win this game. But the last time these guys played, it was a 1-1 draw. Uh, West Ham actually had the lead in the first half, but Phil Foden scored the equalizer in the second. And form-wise, these are the best two teams at the turn of the new year. City getting the most points and then West Ham right behind them. So I think this is a great match to start the weekend off and... I think I don't work until like eleven thirty that day, so we could live stream it if you want. Yeah, if you want to get up that early, Saturday. so we can do that. Sure, to kick it all off, but we can talk about that later. But yeah, I think City win this game. There's, there's, we already said like their team is great. You said they're, they're, there's no flaws. There, you can't get them. And I think out of any team, West Ham can do it right now, but I don't see it happening. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it, I don't think it's an indictment of West Ham whatsoever. No, I, ju- I just not. I just think it's City being absolutely out of control uh, in their win win column right now. So I'm gonna go with City as well. Um, 
Guys, it seems like maybe I was just having an audio issue in that little bit that I came back, but now my levels look fine. So if there was me not talking for a while, then it's because I left and there was an issue when I came back. But things seem okay now, so let's move on. West Brom versus Brighton is the next one. This is another one of those fixtures that I think could be a draw, but I'm actually leaning towards Brighton. I think that they're going to bounce back after that really disappointing win against Crystal Palace last week, especially considering that they dominated and controlled the tempo. Uh, West Brom looked horrible, couldn't even manage to to get one past Burnley. So, yeah, this is an easy one for me. I think it's Brighton. I think they're due for a win here. This is the problem. Whenever we go with the same picks, for the majority, it never works. Yeah, I know. And at the same time, like I like the Brighton pick. Yeah, that's... I like Brighton to bounce back, and I'm I'm still on the I'm still on the bandwagon. But they lead the league with the most draws, with 11. And the last time these guys played each other was a 1-1 draw. I hate Big Sam. I hate Big Sam. I can't trust him. I can't rely on him to do anything for me. So I'm going to go with you and just take Brian. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. That's, that's fair enough. Simple enough. Uh, next one, Leeds versus Villa. I think this was a barn burner fixture earlier on in the year. It was like a 5-4, wasn't it? 3-0 to Leeds, uh, Bamford hat trick. Okay, I'm thinking of a different one. Um, I'm going to go reverse then. I'm going to go Villa. I think that uh, even even without Grealish, that right now is a good time to pounce on Leeds. They haven't improved their defensive form whatsoever. Um, I think this is probably a really bold pick, but something's telling me Villa. Yeah, my instant thing is to go with Leeds. They're the favorites right now, plus 125, Villa plus 200, so kind of close. I think the fact that Grealish is going to be out is massive. That helps Leeds' defense immensely. But I still think Villa can put goals away, especially against this Leeds team who give the second most goals. Um, But yeah, I still have to go with Leeds here. I think the form that they carry from the Southampton game uh, improves. I think they get a a, a two one win, maybe. Okay, fair enough. Next, Newcastle Wolves. This is oh, this fucking is an impossible. Banker, bro. This is impossible. I, I have no clue, dude. I mean, I I want to say Wolves. Do we know when he manages coming back? Is he coming back this season or no? Uh, he's done. Oh, okay. Well, Wolves are just gonna be fucking shit then for the rest of the year. I'm just gonna say first. I'm gonna take a draw. Oh, dude, this is going to be the slowest, ugliest, disgusting game ever. I'm, I'm going to take Wolves. Uh, yeah, I, I was going to say I'm going to take a draw, but I would say Wolves. I'm giving too much credit to this Newcastle team, but I, I wouldn't give too many hopes to Wolves either because they can't create that many good chances either. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm going to lean on the draw. Okay. I mean, Newcastle do have some decent results this year. I understand. I understand why you give them some credit. I totally get it. Um, but yeah, not, not worth leaning on them to win this week. That's for damn sure. Uh, so it's draw for Matt Wolves for me. Ooh, this could be an interesting game. This next one, Crystal Palace at Fulham. Ooh, I don't know where I sit here. Honestly, I think I want to keep riding the Fulham train. Yeah, I'm going to go with Fulham, too. I think it's going to go the same exact way that the Brighton match went last week with Palace. Fulham's going to dominate possession. They're going to dominate the chances. But 
It's going to come down to who can put their chances away better. And I don't see Palace going back-to-back weeks scoring on just two chances. So I'm going to back Fulham. Okay. And I'm going to make a correction here. This game is actually at Selhurst Park. So it's it's at Palace's ground, um, not at Craven Cottage. So Palace have the home advantage, but advantage doesn't really matter these days since there's still no fans. And the odds, it doesn't matter either because Palace being the home team, they're still plus 250, whereas Fulham's plus 120. So, yeah. Okay. If you believe in home field advantage, then that's huge for you. Right. Uh, Next one, maybe the best. No, there's a couple. There's another good fixture this week Um, Leicester City versus Arsenal. Oh. It's looking like there's going to be no Madison, probably. They're saying he might he's questionable, or it might be a game-time decision, so we don't know. I can see this game being a draw. I can really, really? see it being a draw. Uh, yes, I do, especially if Leicester are missing Madison. Um, Arsenal did somehow manage to pull off an absolutely miraculous uh, win today in Greece versus, uh, Benfica. versus Benfica. I don't know how they did it. Um well, it, it was Sokka, actually. That's how they did it, of course. Um, I I think Post20 has, be- like, the, the Twitter account, when, when I, Arsenal's playing, it's just the Sokka fan account. That's all it is. Um, so, while I think it could be a draw, I'm actually going to say Arsenal. I think I'd be remiss to not bet on my own team here. Um, I'm going to feel bad if I bet against them and they they win. So, I'm I'm going to go with Arsenal. Yeah, they played each other back in October. Leicester got the 1-0 win yeah. with Jamie Vardy going the 80th, but Arsenal did control the tempo of the game, and I think they'll do that too. I think Leicester and Brendan Rodgers are comfortable not having most of the ball. They dominate on the counterattack. Yep. Uh, Leicester are the favorites right now at plus 150, Arsenal plus 185, so the Solid. Book, bookies got it pretty close. Um, I think I'm... A, no Madison is huge for Leicester. Yeah. The build-up they need in the middle, so they're going to have to rely more on Tillemans and uh, whoever else they got in there to get that deep deep playmaker role going. Yep. And I don't know what Arsenal's midfield is going to look like. I don't know if they're going to go without any parts. I don't know anything about that. I know Odegaard's probably going to start again. Well, Partey's made of glass. He's fucking six six foot eight, and he's made of glass apparently now. So. Yeah, but with Saka out there, that's huge for them. So. <laughs> I'm gonna lean. I'm gonna lean towards a draw. That's what my my brain instantly thought. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with a draw again here. Yeah. I wanted to say Arsenal again, but I took them last week, which was very bold against City. It came close, but yeah. But yeah, I'm gonna go with a draw here. Okay, next one: Tottenham Burnley. Now that I feel confident in where Burnley stand, I feel oh, comfortable geez. betting against them. I'm taking Tottenham to get back on track this week before inevitably falling off the tracks again next week. So Tottenham. They just they just have problems defensively. Like he doesn't have a true right back right now. No. He's playing that youngster, Tangana, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. Yeah. Tang- uh, Doherty, T- Tanganga, I think. Yeah, something like that. Doherty's been gone. He's a ghost. They signed him and just to put him in the locker room. Yeah. And then Orier has issues too. So they, they have right back problems. Uh, same with left back. Regulon's been their guy, but Davies has been in there too. So I don't know what lineup Marina's going to put out there. But when you have guys like Son and Kane and against a Burnley side that's kind of hit or miss, you have to go with Tottenham here. Yeah, I agree. 
Okay, we are in agreement there. Next one, I do not know where I stand. Chelsea takes on Manchester United. I'm gonna let you go first. I, I, yeah. this is a hard one. This is easy. I think with Chelsea's form right now, I, maybe I shouldn't start off with that because United's form is good as well. If you like, I mentioned that stat earlier. Like 19 games, they've only lost once. They did play once before this year, back in October. It was a nil-nil draw. Possession was right down the middle, 50-50. But that was under a Frank Lampard-run team. This is a completely different team, a different style. I think Chelsea takes this game easy. Uh, It's going to be very, very interesting to see how Tuchel handles Fernandez. That's going to be the deciding factor. How do you stop Bruno? It helps when Paul Pogba's out. He's been out for a while. He still missed this game. Mm. And, and Mason Mount's huge for us right now. He's getting goals. He's creating a lot of assists. Uh, he's been our set-piece guy. He's all over the place. And I think the wingbacks are going to decide it. If Alonzo and hudson is probably going to get the start, if they can really figure out how to capitalize on their, this space they have, is going to be the deciding factor. And I'm most looking forward to how Alonzo matches up with uh, Wambasaka out there. I think that's going to be really interesting to see how they combat each other. So I got to back my boys. Just like you said, you got to back Arsenal. I have to back my boys. Okay, sounds good. Um, I'm going to take Chelsea as well. I actually okay. think that's that, that's fair. Um, they, They're probably going to get dominated in the midfield because United are still losing or still missing... Uh, Pogba, I didn't even think about that. Fred didn't look very good today either. That, I think uh, I think McTominay's going to be out as well. Oh yeah, that's that's a huge blow. He's he's kind of a their little engine there. So I think Chelsea Chelsea to wins a fair shout. Um, next one Sheffield Liverpool. Okay, now although Liverpool is horrible, I still think that they're better than Sheffield. If Sheffield beat Liverpool here, dude, see ya. Klopp's out. Yeah, I mean, the the feeling, though. I don't have the feeling. Do you? <laughs> I do not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know, man. I, I know where that feeling is. I can I can literally point to the body, the place on my body where I feel it. There's nothing there right now. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just go easy way. I'm going to take Liverpool here. Okay, cool. Next one, Everton, Southampton. Uh, Everton, straight up, dude. No way Southampton went against Everton right now. Not coming off of a coming off of Derby win. No way. Odds wise, with that feeling, it's huge. You might as well put a thousand dollars on it because Everton's plus one fifteen. Yeah, dude, that's insane. That'd be great for a two team parlay if you're feeling another one too. It'd probably boost up to like plus four or five hundred. That'd oh, be yeah. nice, big time. But um, yeah, I I don't know if if DCL's back. I love it. Because Richarlison up top by himself is absolutely awful. He's it's putrid. Awful to watch. He's not a lone striker. He's a he's a support winger role, kind of how Hamas plays. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Southampton going forward just don't don't look good. And I mean, I mentioned a couple weeks ago when Vestergaard came back, that'd be huge for them defensively. Obviously not. They suck even more. So I don't know if that's him getting back into the system or back in the groove, but. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a draw here. I just don't trust Everton. Okay. 
Yeah, I know you have your misgivings about them. I do too. I think they're a hard team to bet on. Um, I just South, I just think Southampton are like they're struggling so hard. Yeah. I mean, I can see them getting back on track, but I don't see them getting back on track against an Everton team that's kind of haven't. I don't even want to say they're surging because they're not really surging. They kind yeah. of like you get a different product every week from them. It's kind of crazy. I think when Allen returns, um, that'll be massive. You'll get especially for Hamas. You'll get a yeah, exactly. You'll get a really consistent product. Um, he's more like a box of box kind of how Pogba is. He's yeah. got that grittiness about defense. Like he had so much more than Tom Davies in there. Tom Davies is like vanilla ice cream, man. There's nothing about him. He kind of looks like vanilla ice cream too. If vanilla ice cream was a person, it would actually be Tom Davies. Um, okay. The uh, match day 29, I think. The, so we're just going to go over these games and then call it, right? Yeah. Okay. So city wolves. These are always hard because I, I think results matter so much on the way that the games prior went. Um, so we're kind of shooting in the dark here, but I will say that I think think City are a far superior team to Wolves, and I think they win. Yes, uh, Wolves was the only team last year to beat City twice. They're the only team to do that, I think, as of recently, but completely different teams on both sides. Yeah. And these guys played all the way back in September, so a lot of things changed, but City won 3-1. De Bruyne, Jesus, and Foden getting on the score sheet. But yeah, I'm going to go City here easy. Cool. Hopefully, uh... okay, my brain just shut off. Uh, Next one is Burnley (laughs) versus Leicester. Um, I'm thinking Madison will probably be back for this. I don't know how severe his injury was, but he should be back. Um, in the rotation for this game. And for that reason, I'm taking Leicester. We already talked about how important it was for Madison to be in those sides. And I think that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, Leicester's going to control mo- more of the ball here, which is, uh, I don't like when they control the possession of the game because I don't know how, I don't know how confident I am about it. I, they, I like them counterattack-wise, but when they dominate the game, I don't know. I think that goes to Burnley's favor, so... I'm still going to back Leicester here. Uh, I, I think this is a bad run for Burnley. It's going to make it interesting the last couple of weeks in a relegation battle for them, but I think Leicester gets the win this week. Okay. Sounds good to me. Sheffield United versus Aston Villa is the next match. I'm taking Villa. I, I, I don't think it's possible to bet on Sheffield anymore, dude. I really don't. I think they're done. They're tapped. Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about them maybe having some juice left, but I think that they are tapped. They are they are shriveled and empty. They might go for the... I don't know what the record is for most losses in a season, but I think they're going to go for it right now because they're at 20 out of 25. Let's check. Most? I mean, their their last win was that shocker against Man United at Old Trafford, so they still have more wins this year than West Brom. And West Brom are above them. Ipswich Town uh, in 1994-95-29. Oh, they'll, they'll beat them. Oh, wait. So, wait. All these teams are tied, it looks like. 29 for Ipswich Town. 29 uh, for Sun- Sunderland in 05-06. Uh, Derby in 07-08 also had 29. They have 13 games left. To get the record, they have to lose 10 of those 13. I think they got it. Yeah, the fewest uh, Premier League defeats in a season, by the way, is uh, Arsenal. In case anyone didn't know, 
the just, only team ever to do it. <laughs> by the way, that's um, crazy. It's actually it actually is crazy that no team has done it since. That blows my mind. I mean, that just shows the greatness they had. Yeah. That was actually so crazy. I don't know. There's there's a couple um there's a couple different things. I actually read uh Wenger's book, by the way. It's really good. It's it's worth yeah. a read. Yeah. What a, he seems like he'd be a great author. What a brilliant mind. Like just th- there's a couple different uh books about soccer. There's a couple World Cup books I've read as well. Um just some really brilliant people. Uh Cru- the Cruyff book was really good too. I would say Arsene Wenger is one of the top guys to bring us into the modern modern game. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's that's true. And I, wasn't he wasn't he big on nutrition and guys actually taking things seriously pregame and all that, like yeah. taking care of your bodies, fitness. Yeah, big time. Because yeah. um, usually in the nineties they they play a game, they'd win, and they go drink. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, he was he was huge on that, and that's that's part of why that team was so good. I mean. That that was a well-oiled machine. You look at every single player, just better than any other uh, position player in, in the other teams, you know? Uh, okay, moving on. Did we say shift? What's up? Uh, you, you said Villa. I'm yeah. going gonna, gonna to go with a draw here. I think okay. Grealish not being in here is huge. I haven't picked the draw yet, but I have a draw coming. Um, I think I picked like four draws. I have a draw coming at the end. Next one, Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. I can see Palace upsetting United here, actually. I, I, you know that feeling? Yeah, I know. I don't even know what you're talking about, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, this is like the same exact... When I'm seeing this matchup, this makes me feel like that Sheffield United game. Oh, yeah, it's Rochester United. I can smell it. I don't know what it is. I'd feel better... Now that I'm thinking about it, I'd feel better if it was at Old Trafford, but it's at Selhurst Park. United are worse at Old Trafford than they are away. That's what I mean. Away, yeah. a lot of teams this year play better away for yeah. some reason. Well, because there's I, no fans. I guess, but, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I think after the if if things go to according to plan, if Chelsea beats United, yeah, I think a draw here for Palace United. I, I can see I, a draw. I think here. United win. Okay, but I do have the feeling so. If Palace win, like be be forewarned. We both have some sort of feeling here. Um, the tingling—it's a tingling, if you will. There's just something, but something's <laughs> going on with my ear. Yeah. Okay. Uh, West Brom Everton is the next match. I don't see West Brom winning this, but this is no another problem. one where I kind of have a weird like. There's going to be something funky here. West Brom might score first or something like that. Um, but yeah. I think ultimately Everton should be able to get this done. Hopefully, Allen will be back by this game. He is his his fitness is close. I think that's what Ancelotti said. So uh, these guys played each other back in September. Everton won five two. DCL hat trick. There was a forty fifth minute red card to Kieran Gibbs. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember so, that. I won money on that. So I don't think anybody's gonna get a red card in this game, but. If DCL's in there, I think he does score a brace at least. Just West Brom are absolutely putrid, man. I just feel so bad for Malin Niles there. Yeah. And uh, Connor Gallagher, the Chelsea Loney, he's getting great minutes, but just playing for an absolute shitter of a club. Yeah. I'm going to back Everton here. Me too. Liverpool, Chelsea goes off on March 4th as well. This, for me, is going to be the one where I say it's a draw. I actually do think that this will be a draw, 100%. 
I need more information after the Sheffield game. I, I need to know yeah. what's up. Um, but Liverpool did beat us earlier in the year 2-0. Sadio Mane brace. Christensen got a 45th minute red card. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that too. It was kind of fucking bogus. Yeah. But um, it's completely different. Both teams are in completely different forms. So many injuries have happened. Managerial changes. Uh, re- fucking formation changes. There's, everything's different now in my eyes yeah that's the truth it's going to be interesting to see who dominates possession in this game because both teams heavily play on that possession based game so it'll be interesting if it's 50-50 if Chelsea gets it or if Liverpool gets it but I'm going to back my boys here again I don't I don't know what's going to I think that City matchup in the future is going to be very interesting to see but I don't see us losing anytime soon yeah I really don't either um I don't think that Chelsea will lose here, but I think they do drop points. Uh, Liverpool, regardless of their form, uh, do typically play better against the bigger clubs this season. So yeah. I think that's really all the reason that I need. It's And once again, I mean, we've both said this while we've been going over these games. It's so hard to predict um, two fixtures ahead because the, your last match matters so much in this, in, in the Premier League. I think it matters more in the Prem and soccer in general than it does in any other sport. If it means anything, I think Jota will be back for this game, whether yeah. a squad rotation guy or what, but he'll be back. He might be back for the Sheffield game too on the bench. Yeah, so we shall see. That's actually huge, dude. I didn't even think about that. He was so massive. He was, but but I still think... Even if they gain him back, like their defensive situation is just poverty. So, yeah. um, and the odds right now, Chelsea are the underdog plus two hundred against Liverpool. That's great value. You have to take it now, though, before the weeks happen. Right. First. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's also a makeup game here. This is match day thirty three. I don't know what the fucking math is on all these. It's all weird March matches. Uh, March fourth, uh, Fulham Tottenham. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's a reschedule because Tottenham will have a Europa League game or something like that. Yeah, they have. They need to play an extra game. So to, they need to make up a game. Fulham doesn't. Okay, so here we go. Um, That game goes off at 1 p.m. Ah, that's hard, man. That's a really hard one. Fulham's going to control the game. You think so? Yeah, Mourinho will give them the ball. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with the draw. I'll take Tottenham. Okay. And that concludes our double match week preview. We kept this one kind of short for you guys. We had a lot of content. Um, I think skipping some of this, like the shitty games that happened during the uh, match week that we're reviewing kind of helps in the pacing because we've given yeah. you guys some really long ones. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, we don't... Nobody... <laughs> nobody messaged us to tell us to go longer or shorter so i don't know um if people like it or if they'd rather it be shorter um but i think we i think we always give some fat insight um anyway i mean th- thank you guys all for watching as always uh i've really been enjoying doing the show it's a really nice escape from all the fucking busy shit that i've been doing uh, sorry about Wake Up Wednesday. I mean, that shit's dead until further notice. I'm going to keep it a buck with y'all. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same thing goes for trips. Um, I'm just not in the right headspace. No, it's just like, th- this is enough. I mean, we, we get on here and we, well, we bust our asses every fucking day of the week. Like, I don't need another stressor on top of it. 
Um, right. It will come back. Trust me. When the NFL comes back, I think that's probably when it'll come back because um, I was Maybe. really enjoying doing that. I mean, the summertime might be huge because the Olympics. and then we Yeah, have we'll Euro. have time. That's true. There's a lot of things going to be going on in the summer. Yeah. I thought about maybe doing some golf stuff too. So, cause uh, I've been, yeah. I've been watching a ton of golf. Like it, it's some, it's so calming to me. I just put it on in the background while I'm grinding on the weekends. Um, yeah. And I think I'm glad you mentioned the golf thing. Cause like the same thing with Allison, I think heart, uh, hearts go out to Tiger Woods. Oh yes. After tragic, his, his, his uh, crash and everything. I think he got like a steel rod in his leg now. Cause yeah. he had like a, compound fracture broken two places and some with his tall saw ball bone something like connecting the bottom of his yes, the tibia, his tibula and fibula where there was an issue yeah. with that i will say this i mean i love tiger he's my favorite golfer of all time most of the people that you know that grew up in this generation he's he's our favorite and i mean he broke down he broke down a color barrier in golf too which is huge um why the fuck is he driving still yeah, my mom said the same thing. Why like, is why he does, driving? Like, why doesn't he have a driver or something? I mean, Tiger's got to be worth upwards of five hundred million dollars. He has to be. He's he's I one do. of the I most. Think What's that? I up? think he's one. Of, I think he's worth a billion at least. I, I don't know what I don't know what his net worth is. I mean, he's got to be worth the same as LeBron, right? I would say maybe more. Eight hundred million. Oh no. Yeah. So since 1996, Woods has earned 1.5 billion from a variety of revenue streams. So obviously he has spent some of that on like shit and lost some of that too. But that is insane, dude. Why is he still driving? And the worst part of it is, is he was going to a fucking golf lesson with that fraud Drew Brees. That is just horrendous, dude. He was going to a golf lesson with Mister Checkdown himself. Just disgusting. Drew Brees, you you couldn't play because you were so fucking injured, but now you're golfing, you bastard, and you got Tiger injured? Get the fuck out of here, dude. That shit made me sick. I was so mad. Somebody sent it in one of my group chats, and I said, yup, dude, Drew Brees. What a fucking cursed bastard. Get out of here. All right. That's a great way to end it. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you guys all for listening. As always, make sure you check us out on social media at Post20Pod. Like, review, rate, subscribe, do whatever you do um, on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcast, and uh, SoundCloud. And and also YouTube now because that's we do the, the uh, video episodes as well. So uh, thank you guys as always for listening. Is there anything else, Matt? Make sure you hit the subscribe button, notification bell on YouTube so you guys are updated whenever we post our new content, new videos, and are keeping up with anything else we want to add on. Make sure you guys interact with our content, too. Uh, As of recently, we've been going ham on Twitter. So if you guys see us on Twitter, interact with our stuff, follow you, follow back, everything going on like that. We just want to to get more involved with you guys, see what your views are. Yeah, maybe eventually we'll get more more guests on here. I know it's been dry the last few months. We haven't been getting any guests on here, but hopefully that can change as the weather gets warmer and we figure out other people's plans. But other than that, I got nothing else to add. Yeah, me neither. All right, guys, take care, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you next Thursday.